0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of distal clavicle osteolysis from the shoulder and elbow section on orthobullets.com. As a quick summary, distal clavicle osteolysis is the painful development of bony erosions and resorption of the distal clavicle caused by repetitive trauma to the AC joint. Diagnosis is made with radiographs of the shoulder revealing osteolysis, cysts, erosions, and resorption of the distal end of the clavicle. Treatment is a trial of NSAIDs, activity modifications, and corticosteroid injections. Arthroscopic versus open distal clavicle excision is indicated for patients with persistent symptoms that have failed nonoperative treatment. Now let's get into the topic. With respect to epidemiology, as far as the demographics, distal clavicle osteolysis is typically seen in patients in their 20s and mostly male, and is also commonly seen in weightlifters. Risk factors include history of traumatic injuries, Moving on to etiology, as far as the pathophysiology and pathoanatomy of distal clavicle osteolysis, it's caused by repetitive stress and microfractures in the distal clavicle which leads to osteopenia. Now let's talk about some relevant anatomy. In terms of osteology, the clavicle is an S-shaped bone and is the last bone to fuse. The medial growth plate fuses in the early 20s, and remember the AC joint is a diarthrodial joint with a fibrocartilage meniscus. The ligamentous anatomy in the distal clavicle include the AC ligaments, which are responsible for horizontal stability, and the CC ligaments, which are responsible for vertical stability. Now let's talk about the presentation of distal clavicle osteolysis. Patients typically have a similar presentation to AC joint arthritis. Symptoms will include pain, specifically located at the distal clavicle and the anterior superior shoulder. It has an insidious onset and is exacerbated by repetitive loading, for example, bench press or push-ups. On physical exam, palpation may reveal tenderness at the distal end of the clavicle and the AC joint, and one provocative test is pain with crossbody adduction. In terms of imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP clavicle and a Zanka view, which is a 15-degree cephalad tilt. Findings of the distal clavicle on radiographs should not involve the acromion and will typically reveal cysts, osteopenia, resorption and erosion, tapering of the distal clavicle, and AC joint widening. In terms of advanced imaging, MRI may reveal increased signal of T2 sequences and bone marrow edema, while a bone scan can show increased uptake in the distal clavicle, which may be seen earlier than radiographic changes. Treatment of distal clavicle osteolysis can be non operative or operative. Non operative management includes activity modification and NSAIDs, which is indicated as the first line of treatment. In terms of activity modification, make sure these patients avoid aggravating weightlifting exercises or modify the technique. For example, moving the hand grip closer together and ending weight descent to four to six centimeters above the chest. In terms of corticosteroid injections, this is indicated for both diagnostic and therapeutic purposes. In terms of the technique, remember that corticosteroid injections are more accurate with ultrasound. Operative options include open or arthroscopic distal clavicle excision. This is indicated for persistent symptoms that have failed non-operative treatment. In terms of the technique, remember that you need to address associated pathology to the rotator cuff and the long head of the biceps. As far as outcome, open versus arthroscopic is based on the surgeon's preference and comfort. Arthroscopic resection has the advantage of allowing evaluation of the glenohumeral joint, and good results are shown with arthroscopic treatment. And also remember that arthroscopic treatment has a quicker recovery and return to activity. Open procedures require meticulous repair of the deltoid trapezial fascia. Just another quick word about the technique for arthroscopic distal clavicle resection, otherwise known as the Mumford procedure. Know that you should only resect 0.5 to 1 centimeter of the distal clavicle, as too larger resection can lead to AC joint instability. One major complication to mention includes horizontal instability, so avoid violating the postero superior capsule during distal clavicle excision, as this will lead to horizontal instability. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, a 25-year-old wrestler who you have been following for one year for persistent shoulder pain presents to your office. He reports that his shoulder pain has not improved despite a period of rest with directed physical therapy and a cortisone injection. On exam, he has full passive and active range of motion. He is tender over the AC joint and has pain but no weakness with resistance while the arm is adducted and flexed forward. Fluid sensitive MRI shows edema within the distal clavicle and the AC joint. What is the next best step in treatment? And the choices are 1. Slap repair. 2. Slap repair with biceps tenodesis. 3. Subpectoral biceps tenodesis. 4. Distal clavicle excision. And 5. Anatomic coracle clavicular ligament reconstruction with distal clavicle excision. the correct answer to this question is for distal clavicle excision. So this patient's history and exam findings are classic for distal clavicle osteolysis. Conservative treatment options have been exhausted, and he would therefore benefit most from a distal clavicle excision at this time. Distal clavicle osteolysis is due to repetitive stress and microfractures leading to bone resorption. It is most commonly seen in weightlifters who bench press or from similar activities placing undue traction through the AC joint. A trial of rest, NSAIDs, physical therapy, and modified weightlifting technique, that is, avoiding maneuvers with the elbows posterior to the torso, have been shown to be successful in mitigating symptoms. If symptoms persist, open or arthroscopic distal clavicle excision is indicated. The arthroscopic approach has the added benefit of allowing concomitant pathology to be addressed. Aug et al. reported on a series of 10 arthroscopic distal clavicle excisions performed on weightlifters with distal clavicle osteolysis. All athletes returned to sport at an average of 3.2 days, returned to weight training at 9.1 days, and had increased strength and work volume. This demonstrates the effectiveness of arthroscopic excision and relieving symptoms in the athlete population. Rodel et al. reviewed outcomes of distal clavicle osteolysis at a single institution. The mean age was 15.9 years, with most participating in overhead sports and or weightlifting. They found that 93% of patients responded to conservative treatment and that MRIs performed at follow-up showed an average of 5 millimeters of AC joint widening. Their findings support the theory of overhead and weight-bearing activities having an important role in the development of distal clavicle osteolysis. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, slap repair, and answer 3, subpectoral biceps tenodesis are incorrect as though superior labral and biceps pathology is seen in wrestlers, this patient's symptoms and exam are most consistent with distal clavicle osteolysis. Answer 2, slap repair with biceps tenodesis is incorrect, as some degree of weakness would be expected with a rotator cuff tear, but again, this patient's symptoms and exam are most consistent with distal clavicle osteolysis. And finally, answer 5, anatomic coracoclavicular ligament reconstruction with distal clavicle excision is incorrect, as instability is related to an AC separation and would be the indication for CC ligament reconstruction. However, the history and images are more consistent with distal clavicle osteolysis. And moving on to the final question. A 31-year-old professional bodybuilder reports right shoulder pain with cross-body adduction as well as point tenderness at the acromioclavicular joint. Radiographs reveal cysts, osteopenia, resorption, erosion, tapering of the distal clavicle and AC joint widening. Based on these images, which treatment is likely to provide the most successful result? And the choices are 1, glenohumeral joint injection, 2, periscapular muscle strengthening, 3, labral repair, 4, arthroscopic resection of the distal clavicle, and 5, capsular release. The correct answer to this question is 4, arthroscopic resection of the distal clavicle. So osteolysis of the distal clavicles is one cause of shoulder pain that can occur after acute injury or repetitive microtrauma. It is more common in weightlifters. Open resection of the distal clavicle has been shown to be a reliable treatment for isolated painful acromioclavicular or AC joint pathology refractory to non-operative treatment. Orthoscopic resection of the distal clavicle has been reported to provide pain relief and allow a return to function comparable to open techniques. The arthroscopic approach offers the advantage of decreased morbidity with fewer postoperative restrictions on motion, earlier return to normal activity, and improved cosmesis. In a study of arthroscopic distal clavicle excision by Zawadzki et al., 22 shoulders had excellent results, 16 had good results, and 3 were failures at an average follow-up of 6 years. All 3 failures occurred in patients with a traumatic etiology. The AUG paper reports faster return to sports in a series of 10 weightlifters treated with a more limited arthroscopic resection than is usually advocated. That's all for this review about distal clavicle osteolysis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that this podcast is designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.